Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching.
glad you're here with us today. Thanks for joining us for worship. And we got some exciting stuff going on this morning. You could say we have some great things going on. One of which, uh, we've got a graphic we want you to see that's about the Discovering Grace Conference. It's August the 16th through the 18th, which is a weekend, coming up just in a few weeks in partnership with The Hill and a few other local churches. It's going to be an incredible, incredible few days. So please come join us for that. Um, I think we'll be live streaming as well, but this is going to be a weekend of talking about what grace really is, what freedom is, who we are in Christ, what that looks like on either side of the cross, be heavily, heavily involved with the book of Romans, and it's something you don't want to miss out on. So please come be a part of that. Just a few weeks left. So we want you there. Let's keep singing. What do you say?
How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, and Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me.
passed away your love has stayed the same your constant grace remains the cornerstone things that we thought were dead are breathing in life your sun to shine on darkest nights for all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song jesus we love
You may be seated. As we turn our attention now, as our ushers will come forward and receive our morning offering, let's just pray over that right now. Father, we come to you, Lord, today. First of all, thanking you for the opportunity to come to this place, to worship you, and to sing and to play and to preach about the great things that you've done. Lord, how you love us, and Lord, how you adore us when we're so unworthy. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. Lord, I'm mindful this morning. We want to continue to keep the Ryan Dick family in our prayers, Lord. This week and the weeks that lie ahead, Lord, just pray that uh, you'd give them peace and comfort, Lord, as only you can. Lord, maybe there are others who I'm not aware of this morning who need our prayers. Just lift them up to you know. You know each and every one, so we don't need to know. Father, again, Lord, we just pray that you take these tithes and offerings this morning and multiply them and use them in this place, Lord, as, as you see fit. We pray for our pastor and his family as they're away from us today. And, Lord, be traveling back home. Been gone for a few days. Be traveling back home today. Give them travel mercy, Lord Jesus. Be with Cheyenne in a few moments as he comes and speaks what you've laid upon his heart. Lord, we love you. We adore you, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify your name. your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. The countdown happens and the cheers just erupt everywhere. They jump up with the joy. They jump up with smiles. Yeah. They've just now got their boxes. They're opening them. And it is so much fun. This could be the first present that they've ever received. A present Christmas child gifts really touches children's heart. During distribution, we tell children that there is a God who created us and who loved us. Jesus loves you. Ah, good. <laughs> Isn't it incredible to see the impact these simple gifts are making in the lives of children all over the world? What amazes me the most is the miracles in each box. Jesus said, let them come to me. And we're in the middle of bringing the children to Jesus. Many children around the world still need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So keep packing. Thank you for your continued support, and God bless. Alyssa and I have personally had a chance to sit down and talk to individuals on the receiving end who have handed out these shoeboxes, and uh, it is amazing to see and to hear how God is using this simple gift to share the love, the joy of his eternal gift through Jesus. And so Christmas in July, I want to encourage you guys to continue to give. Uh, school supplies are on sale, and this is a great opportunity. Get stuff cheap, uh, school supplies, hygiene items, other filler toys, and other items. Listen, kids who have never received a gift before love anything you put in that box. And so even simple school supplies enables kids to go to school who have never been able to go to school before. So this is a really unique opportunity we have as a church to reach out and to make a difference in the lives of people across the world. And I'm going to tell you, lives are being changed. So thank you all for your continued support. And uh, we'll continue to gather items between now and this November. We'll have a big shoebox packing party. So it's exciting times ahead. Looking forward to it. Glad you're, we appreciate you all helping out. And I want to introduce Miss Brittany Heath. Brittany, share with us something unique that's on your heart. Good morning, everybody. So about four years ago now, God taught me probably the most 
huge lesson that I could have ever learned in my life. My daughter, Sadie, and I'm sure a lot of you know I've been going to church here since I was 18, but just in case there's anybody out there who doesn't, about four years ago now, my daughter Sadie was born, and when she was born, she was missing part of her brain. And what she did have of her brain was all completely abnormal. So basically, the doctors told us that there was no hope of anything that even resembled a normal life. She might not be able to talk, feed herself, walk, play. I mean, none of that was even an option for her. So fast forward now, almost four years later, and she shops. She doesn't shut up. She likes to have many petties, and I almost tear up every single week, but she is a little Matt Pack cheerleader now, and I literally sit there in tears just about every practice because it's something that I never thought would happen, and the doctors in Louisville can't explain it, and we know that it's God. We know that was a miracle and that he still can do amazing, amazing things, so This earth-shattering thing happened, and I was taught that when something like that happens, and it's something that's repeated itself in my life in the past month, but when something like that happens, it's so out of your control. When you give that to God, and you allow him to use you through that, it takes all the power away from Satan. And you become a tool for God to reach people that wouldn't have been in your path before that. So saying, I say all of that to say about six months ago, God put me in a new position as the director of the Marshall County Parks Department. And something came across my desk, and it was something called the Miracle League. And I realized then that God had opened my eyes to so many things through what we had gone through with Sadie. And one of those things was how, how much these children who do have disabilities are not able to do. So the Miracle League, we've started now the Miracle League of Western Kentucky, and this is a baseball league for children or adults with any kind of physical or mental disabilities. So we are building at Mike Miller Park about a $1 million complex that is a special poured rubber surface baseball field. So like the one in the picture here, even kids in walkers or wheelchairs or anything can get out there, be a part of a team. And I'll be going around to all of the surrounding counties, too, and helping them form teams to play in this league. We're working with Easter Seals and the Special Olympics and the Exceptional Center. So we really want to make sure that we're reaching out all across this area because there's nothing like that around here. And one thing that is really great about this program is that every child who plays in the league is paired with an able-bodied buddy. So these can be other youth that are paired with each player. So they build these relationships and these friendships, and it's something that goes far past just playing baseball. It's a really good chance to be able to reach out and make a difference to somebody in their life and something that is so important to them and making these memories as a child. We're also going to be building an inclusive playground that will be fully accessible to any child, no matter what their issues might be, or a child with no issues at all can still play out there with them. So it's going to be a huge, huge thing. We have about a million dollars to raise. And one thing that was really important to me was to make ways for everybody to be able to get involved and help support this, even if you can't financially give. So we have started a shoe drive. And I have found this company, and what they do is they collect used shoes, And they send those to countries like Haiti, where they help people to start their own businesses so that they can support their families. And they do that by selling used shoes. So this is such a great program from start to finish. But they will pay us a price per pound for all of the shoes that we collect. So next Sunday, I'll be out there with a big box. And I'm hoping that we 
overflow the box and we like load down my car and maybe even have to get a U-Haul. I don't know. But if you'll bring all of your used shoes, clean out your closets. They can be any size, any kind, boots, cleats, house shoes, baby shoes. I don't care what they are. We'll take them. And those are all going to go to a great cause to help us build these facilities at Mike Miller Park. And one other thing, if you've got your phones, go ahead and do it now so you don't forget. But if you'll get on Facebook and like the Miracle League of Western Kentucky page, you'll be able to stay up to date on everything that we're doing. You'll be able to hear from some of the athletes that cannot wait to be a part of this league. And I can promise you there's going to be something that will touch your heart on there. And I'm just so thankful that God has put me in a place to be able to do this and for everything that led me to this point. So thank you guys so much for letting me share for just a minute. And thank you in advance for bringing me all those used shoes next week. Thank you. I don't know about y'all, but we have had a fun, crazy summer. And um, you may see some of us wearing these uh, United shirts. And so, uh, teenagers, stand up if you went with us, whether you're wearing a shirt or not. Stand up if you went with us in the last couple of summer advances. And then, parents, if you sent a teenager, you're just as part of this as anybody else. And church family, if you prayed, if you supported, if you in any way help send these kids. Y'all stand up. I want to encourage everyone who had some role in sending our teens to Summer Advance in East Kentucky, please stand up. And I just want to start by saying a huge thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for supporting our kids. And You guys can sit down. Uh, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but we have an amazing student ministry here. We have so many wonderful students and a lot of it's because parents uh, love their kids and are raising their kids in godly homes. And so y'all have amazing kids. And parents, I don't know if you can get any work out of them at home, but we got all kinds of work out of them in the last couple of suburban advanced trips. I've seen boys sweat and girls sparkle. And I don't know why girls sparkle, but they do so much. It's been a lot of fun. So we've had some great, great fun. And our goal was to partner with a church in Eastern Kentucky, right outside of Boonville, about five miles, Lee Rose Community Church. And uh, Lee Rose Community Church is a small church that just started less than a year ago. And God is using this church to reach men and women uh, in Eastern Kentucky and Owsley County and surrounding counties, men and women who um, often don't feel welcome at other churches. And so God is using this body of Christ to share his love, his grace, his truth. And our goal was to partner, walk alongside them, serve them. We, uh, we had a project that spanned us two weeks of work, and um, we basically dug an electric, lit, electric ditch. They laid about 250, 275 feet of electric line. They dug it by shovel, filled it in by shovel. Uh, they've hauled rocks out of creeks, and... Um, we only saw one or two snakes, you know, no big deal. Um, two snakes, <laughs> three snakes. Okay, I wasn't in the creek very much because of snakes, so uh, they would know, not me. And so we, uh, we, we built a sign for the church. We built a new sign, and uh, we put on a family movie night, family fun night. We took the gaga ball pit we built last summer, moved it over to the church where the kids and 
uh, church family could use it, and then we taught them how to play gaga ball because a lot of the kids there don't know how to play gaga ball. And so it's something that kids of all ages can enjoy, uh, something they can use as a church. And then um, we've handed out some beds. I know some of our students were at the student leadership camp at the Hill, and uh, we was able to take uh, a couple of beds and hand them out, and so ministering to people in the church. So we wanted to be the hands and feet. We wanted to partner with the church body there. We didn't want to do anything individual or separate. We wanted to partner with so that when we left, they could continue to minister, build relationships, and invest in um, the men and women of that community. So it was a great trip. Y'all have great kids. And uh, was able to, as we invested in our kids, was also able to love on and invest in a few of their teenagers, about six uh, teenagers from their church that would, joined us for Bible study, that slept with us, served with us, ate with us, and... Um, we all grew together in Christ. And so, um, gosh, just uh, want to thank the Lord for um, what he's doing. And I want to share with you a little bit today on what we studied while we was at Summer Advance. We studied um, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And um, so today, if you're taking notes, kiddos, uh, you can add to your notes. And the rest of us, I want to encourage you as you open your Bibles to... Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, I want to encourage you to get out a pencil, and I can share with you some things you can identify, you can underline, and, um, and I want to walk with us, I want to encourage you to walk with us as we look at this letter. And we're going to focus specifically on the Holy Spirit and His role in our lives. And so, uh, if someone were to ask you, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? What role does He play in a believer's life? How would you respond? What would you say? As we get ready to look at Ephesians chapter 1, we must go back to a place where it describes Paul entering that city and what he encountered. And I don't know uh, if you're familiar with the book of Acts at all, if you've ever had a chance to read through it, but the book of Acts... Acts of the Apostles documents uh, the birth of the church, God's Spirit being poured out upon believers, and how God moved and worked uh, through uh, the church as it was born. And, and in uh, Acts chapter 19 and 20, it documents what happens in Ephesus. And so, um, the Apostle Paul rolls into a very significant city. You see, the city of Ephesus was under Roman rule, and it was a very influential city. It was probably the second most influential, both culturally and commercially, is probably the second most influential only to Rome. Ephesus was a key city along the Aegean Sea, so it had a port there, and so there's a lot of imports and exports. A lot of people from different cultures and nations would come in and out. And the city of Ephesus had some unique things going on. And so these are all important to understand as we look at this letter because Paul wrote to this church for a reason. And I want to encourage you, anytime you study a Bible, anytime you study a specific book or a specific passage, always look at the context. Do a little research. Try to dig around, wrap your brain around what's going on. 
Who was there? What was life like? And that way, as you look at this biblical passage, it makes more sense why the author would write what he did. And so Ephesus, when Paul showed up, uh, he was coming along behind Apollos and Aquila and Priscilla. They were there before him. They'd been sharing the gospel. And, um, and so Aquila and Priscilla had to sit down with Apollos and kind of help him understand some things, make sure he's clearly pro uh, proclaiming the truth. And when Paul arrived, he asked the believers, have you received the Holy Spirit? And the response was, who's the Holy Spirit? And so there was a little bit of confusion about the Holy Spirit and his role in believers' lives. And so, come to find out, they were baptized into John's baptism. And so Paul sat down and explained to them the Holy Spirit and who he is. And he baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And God used Paul and these believers to do amazing things. Miracles were performed. Uh, demons were cast out. People were healed. Uh, they spoke in tongues, different languages, so that the different cultures could understand. And so... Um, God demonstrated that his power, his presence was with this special message that they were proclaiming. And uh, so there's a little bit of confusion about baptism, but Paul also, as he continued to um, share the message, what was Paul's usual habit? Paul usually started right there in the synagogue. Anytime he went to a new place, Paul would always start in the synagogue, and he would share the message, the good news of salvation through Jesus, he would share it with the Jews first. Now, why would he start with the Jews? It's because this message of truth, this message of God's redemption, it was implemented through the Jews. And so the Jewish, uh, the Jews in that area, they'd have a background knowledge. See, they would meet at a synagogue, and they would read the Torah, and so they were familiar with uh, Old Testament law and Old Testament prophecies, and they were familiar with uh, a coming Messiah. Well, that's why Paul would start with the Jews. He would start in the synagogue. He would proclaim the message because that's the Jews are who it comes through. And so, like usual, though, the Jews, they didn't want to hear it. They were hard-hearted, become disobedient. In fact, they started speaking evil of the way. Remember Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So the disciples of Jesus were nicknamed the way. And uh, the Jews became hard-hearted, started speaking evil of the way. And so you see within just a few months, Paul encounters some resistance, even though God is demonstrating his hand is upon this message that's being proclaimed. And so that's something we need to keep in mind as we approach this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Also, as Paul continued to preach, Men and women were convicted. And as they were convicted, they started to turn away from their sin. They started to turn away from evil practices. And the Acts 19 documents how people were bringing their books, their magic arts books, and they were burning them. And there were so many books brought, they calculated it cost thousands upon thousands of dollars. People were convicted of sin as the truth was proclaimed. And as they received Christ, they, they were letting go of some things in their life that was not of the truth. And so you see this confusion about worship. You have 
confusion about baptism. You have confusion about worship. You have a hardness of heart. You see confusion about spirituality and the magical uh, arts as they were putting their trust in. But then you also see in Ephesus, later on in Acts 19, it describes how a riot took place. You see, there in Ephesus was this magnificent temple. And it was huge. It was huge. It was beautiful. And this temple was built to the Greek goddess of Diane, or Artemis. And so what happened is, um, businesses in that area, would they would sell trinkets and shrines and idols and, and things that would, um, they basically capitalize upon this huge temple where people would come to worship. And so we see uh, in, in Acts 19, where the people also confused about worship, what to worship. And they were worshiping a false god. And so in this city of Ephesus, when Paul arrived, there's a lot of confusion. There's also a lot of division. And we're going to talk about that division here in a little bit. Because as you can imagine, you have a Jewish synagogue in an area of mostly Gentiles. Now, what's a Gentile? A Gentile is basically everyone who's not Jew. Okay? And so you have Jews uh, who are traditionally very uh, ceremonially clean. Uh, and so they live by a lot of rules and regulations. Uh, they don't touch certain things. They don't eat certain things. They wash before every meal. A lot of ceremonial uh, traditions. And basically, they have a way of um, being clean. In other words, being holy and set apart. But they, in order to do that, they withdraw from anything unclean. They separated themselves from anything unclean. So you can imagine uh, believers in Christ who are Gentile. And these pagan Gentile barbarians, they, um, they weren't worried about cleanliness like the Jews were. And so you can only imagine as Jews and Gentiles come to Christ, you can only imagine the division, the struggle for these two different groups to come together, to unite in Christ. And so as Paul writes to the church, um, he's concerned about that. And we're going to look at that here in a minute. Uh, so these are things to consider. And as we close with Acts, look at Acts 20. Uh, it's not going to be on the screen, but I'm just going to read Acts 20. Paul has a very emotional farewell. He gathers the church up. He makes one last swing through that area. He gathers the elders up. And he says, guys, this is the last time you'll see my face. And he leaves them with some words that share his concern for the church there. Paul tells them in Acts 20, verse 29, he says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Paul knew that even though he'd been there teaching and discipling, for two to three years, he knew that as soon as he left, others would come along. They would distort or twist the truth. And they would try to lead people astray. And so you can imagine, as Paul moves on from Ephesus towards Jerusalem, you can imagine his heart, his burden, his love for these people that he spent so much time with. And so there's several reasons why Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And I'm just going to throw a few out there, but... Um, in your Bibles, when you're looking at Ephesians chapter 1, you can identify a few sections of Scripture 
kind of helps you as you approach it, wrap your brain around it. And so in the very beginning, Paul introduces himself to the church and he reminds them. He reminds them of God's love for them and who they are in Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Ephesians 1, 3 to 14, Paul reminds the church of his love, God's love for them and who they are in Christ. And then uh, in, verse, in chapter 2, the rest of chapter 1 into chapter 2, Paul talks, encourages the church. He said, even though uh, you're Jew and Gentile, yet together you become one. Chapter 2, uh, he reminds them of that, who they are. And then he talks about in chapter 3, he's a steward of this mystery. And so what we see in verse, uh, let's see here, it's verse, I think, 5. Paul says in Ephesians 1, verse 5, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus. Verse 11, he says, We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose. We're going to look at that in a second. But basically, Paul's not writing about a personal predestination or a personal election. Paul's writing about how God predetermined, God foreordained before the beginning of time, his plan, this mystery about both groups will become one. And so uh, as we go into this book of Ephesus, also remember uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians 4 and 5. Paul wrote to encourage the believers to walk in unity of the Spirit, building up the body of Christ. And in what we've been looking at over the last several weeks, uh, Brother Allen, Seth Waldrop con contributed. We've had a great discussion on family vacay. And looking at um, chapter 5 and 6, looking at uh, what that looks like uh, reflecting Christ in our relationships. And I love that Christology, uh, it's Christ in the center of our family, Christ in the center of our marriage, Christ in the center of our lives. And so chapters 4 and 5 is where Paul helps them to understand, to flesh out specifically what that looks like, reflecting Christ, living out uh, his love, his grace in our everyday lives. And then he finishes the letter to the church. So I'm giving you a big picture view of what the letter contains and why Paul wrote, because he was concerned about the church. And so Paul finishes uh, in chapter 6, encouraging them to be strong in the Lord, knowing they will come under attack, knowing uh, that people will try to lead them astray, knowing that there's confusion, division already there, he wants to encourage them to stand strong, and he encourages them to do that with a full armor of God. And so uh, one thing I love in this book of Ephesians is chapters 1 and verse 3. They document Paul's heart and prayer for the church. And so keep all that in mind as we look at uh, what we studied during summer advance with our students. And then specifically, we looked at God's Holy Spirit and his role in our lives. And so we're going to start off in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. And uh, our goal was united. We're united in Christ to God and to one another through the Holy Spirit. That's the theme of united. We're united to God and to one another through the Holy Spirit. And so Ephesians 1, verses 5 to 8, I'm going to read off. It'll be on the screen. But basically it starts out, Paul says, In love he, this is being God, predestined us to adoption as sons through 
Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him, that's Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of the grace which he lavished on us. You see here, Paul emphasizes to the church that we are united in Christ. It's through Christ that we are adopted. Okay, God doesn't go around picking and choosing. He doesn't go around electing a few. Like, I want you to be saved, but not you. I want you to be saved, but not you. God doesn't. He's not about a personal choosing. God wants all who believe. He wants to adopt all into his family. And we see that right here, Ephesians chapter 1, in love he predestined us to adoption. God determined beforehand how he would reconcile this plan of redemption. He determined beforehand how he would reconcile the two groups to become one in Christ. And it's all to the praise of God's glory. Think about that. God gets the glory and honor through this. And, and so I want to encourage you, keep that in mind. That it's through Jesus we are reconciled to God. It's through Jesus we are adopted. And I love that term adopted. I think it's a, a special, I think it's precious when you hear about a family who chooses to love a child, maybe that wasn't born into the family, but they choose to love and to bring that child into their family, to make them their own, to give them their name, and to make them their child. In the same way, God chooses to love us, even when we are selfish in our pride, we're apart from Him, living in the power of sin, yet God chose, before the beginning of time, He chose to love us, and this is all part of His plan. So in Christ, we are redeemed. Verse uh, 4 he chose us in Him before the foundation world that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Think about that. In Christ, you are holy and blameless in Him. You're not a dirty, rotten person. I used to think that I was my own worst enemy. Okay, but that's not true because in Christ, I'm a new creation. In Christ, God gives us His Spirit. to dwell with us, to guide us and direct us. And that's what we're going to learn about more is His Holy Spirit. And so, first point we learned and we studied in Scriptures and the book of Ephesians with our kids was we're united in Christ. Number two, we're united to God and we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Verses, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, underline this. This is huge. Okay, if you're looking for a great verse to memorize this week, Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14 it says, in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel, the good news of your salvation, in him, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. This Holy Spirit of promise is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Again, to the praise of his glory, God chooses to seal to mark you with His Spirit 
So it's not a question of it's not a question of am I in Christ? I don't know. How do I feel? You know, what evidence when we believe and when we trust in God, we are spiritually baptized into Christ. We are submersed in his spirit. God gives us his spirit to seal, to guarantee us towards the day of salvation. So, wow, what a beautiful thing. God doesn't leave us hanging. He doesn't say, hey, I want you to be my child, and then just leaves us hanging. God says, I love you. I want to adopt you in my family. And then he gives us his spirit to guide us, to direct us, to walk with us. And we're going to share a little bit more about that here in a second. But it's a beautiful thing. God chooses to know you, to adopt you, and he wants to guarantee that with his spirit. You can walk with confidence in Christ, knowing that you are his, that he's not going to leave you or forsake you. You can walk in confidence in his love and grace. If you're in Christ, Christ is in you. And then the third thing we learned, uh, we studied in this book of Ephesians with the teenagers, is we're united to one another by the Spirit. So we're united in Christ through His blood, His redemption. We're united to God and sealed by the Holy Spirit. But then number three, we're united to one another by His Spirit. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 2 verses 18. And 22, we're going to read that. But before we get there, I want to start with 11 to 14. Remember when I talked about how you had these two different groups, Jews and Gentiles. And you can think about the diversity and how uh, one group considered itself clean, did not want to associate with the unclean. And so you have this division going on as new believers, new believers in Christ come together. There's these differences, this these old habits and thought patterns, these old ways of thinking that carry over into a new life in Christ. And so Paul, in his absence, he wanted to remind them. And so we're going to read in verses 11 through 14, and then 18 to 22 will be on the screen. Chapter 2, verse 11, Paul writes, Therefore remember that you, that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision, by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in this world. But now in Christ, you who were formerly far off, you have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace. He made who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Wow, that is good news. God foreordained, God predestined that both groups would become one. And those who were formerly far off, it's me, that's you, would be brought near by the blood of Jesus. As such beautiful, awesome news. And we're going to finish with 18 to 22, chapter 2, verses 18 to 22. Paul continues and says, For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. 
So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also, you Gentiles, in whom you formerly pagan barbarians, in whom you also considered unclean, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. We are united to one another by the Spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's amazing to see such a diverse group of people. There are so many different personalities, so many different um, individuals in here, and yet it's so fun to see how God brings us together and the same God who loves you, loves me, we're all united to one another. We can encourage one another. We can help each other. And we can build each other up through His Spirit's power and presence in our lives. And finally, number four, we are united with the Spirit for wisdom and strength. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's a lot of times I don't know what I'm doing. Okay? I, I try to make you guys confident in me that I, you think I know what I'm doing. But I'll be honest with you. <laughs> if you only knew what goes on up here, you'd be concerned. I'm serious. Guys, that's where I need some of you. Like God's Spirit, He uses you to help me. And I'm going to be honest with you, I need His wisdom, His strength, and I can go to His Word, and I can allow Him to speak to my heart through His Word. But I'm going to tell you, God uses some of you to speak to my heart as well. And it's His Spirit. We have that in common. And so, uh, just a few verses before we close. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. Paul shares his heart. He shares his heart in prayer for this body of believers. And I want to look specifically at uh, Ephesians 3 verses 16 and 19. Paul prays that God would grant the body of believers according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Why? So that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. And that you being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know this love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Think of that. According to the power of God that works within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ forever and ever. God gives us His Spirit to guide and direct us. God longs for you to know Him. God longs for you to experience His love, the depths of His love, the length of His love, the height of His love, the, the breadth of His love. He wants you to be rooted and grounded in His love. He gives us His Spirit to reveal His will, His ways to us, to guide and direct us. And He also uh, wants us to have confidence and strength 
in his spirit's power and presence. You see, I know there's some of us here today who are struggling uh, with some unforeseen or unseen things in our lives. There may be um, struggle physically. There may be struggles um, at work. There may be struggles in our own home. Uh, we, there's a good chance that uh, some of us today are we're feeling divided in our own home. Or maybe uh, we're building our homes on uh, twisted truths. We're confused. And just as this letter was relevant to the church then, I think this letter is so relevant to the body of believers today. And so as we get ready to close, I want to encourage you our struggle is not with flesh and blood. Paul closed out this letter to remind the believers to be strong in the Lord. Verse 10 of chapter 6, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, having done everything to stand firm. God may be calling some of you right now in the midst of it just to stand firm, stand strong. And as the waves come against you, Build your life, build your marriage, build your lives on the solid rock, the firm foundation of Jesus. God is with us. If you're in Christ, Christ is in you. And I encourage you, gosh, what joy, what confidence that brings knowing that God is with us. So go boldly, go boldly knowing his spirit is with you. He seals, he guarantees, but he also provides wisdom and strength that you are his and he will protect you. He will be with you. So as we close in prayer, uh, just once again, I'm so thankful uh, for all who had a chance to go with us, who had a chance to help send our students. Um, gosh, what a great bunch of kids and uh, look forward to this fall as we roll into the new school year. And I ask that you continue to pray for us. Pray for the student ministry. Uh, pray for families, parents. Pray for teachers. Aides. Those who cook. Those who drive buses. Uh, they have so many opportunities to make an impact in the lives of students. And uh, I want to encourage you to continue. As a church, let's remain united. Let's encourage one another. Let's build each other up. Uh, because we have God's spirit and power and presence with us. So, if you... Gosh, if you want to stay, uh, maybe if you would like somebody to pray with you, we have a few prayer counselors. And as we close in prayer and dismiss, feel free to stay behind. Um, uh, if you want to specifically pray for someone in your family even, or pray for your teachers that you teach with, or pray for those you work with, uh, I'd encourage you, let's be men and women of prayer, going to the Spirit, trusting in Him, and let's remain united in Him. So. Lord Jesus, we love you. Help us to understand the depths of your love for us. Help us understand the width, the height, 
to know this love that surpasses all understanding. Help us, Lord, to know you. And we praise you. We thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that you give us, that seals us for the day when we will see in full our redemption. We will know in full what we dimly see now. Thank you, Jesus, for your power and presence in our lives. Lord, give us the confidence, the boldness to stand firm, to go into the battle with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. We thank you, Jesus, for your love, your grace, for you alone are worthy. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, I do want to mention we have uh, in September, if you're new or been visiting, you want to learn more about our church, we have in September a Discover FNBC Grace, Discover FNBC Luncheon coming up, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. So, uh, so good to see everybody. I know summer's been crazy, and uh, gosh, we have a great crowd today. Thank you all for coming, and uh, I just want you to know that we love you guys. May the Lord bless you. Uh, you're dismissed. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.